0: welcome everybody it's your host taylor smith and you're listening to read the room sis where i lead us in conversations centered around navigating young adult life as a christian in this pop culture revolving society join me for new episodes every friday at noon and it's that time so sit back grab a snack prop those dogs up and let's read the room sis What is up guys, I hope everyone's week has been amazing, it's Friday, so you guys know what that means, a new episode. If you're new here, I'm Taylor. I'm the host of Read The Room Podcast, and welcome. So today we're going to go ahead and start us off with our office hours, which if you're new, this is a segment that we do every single episode, and it's basically where I tell you guys what's been going on in my life. And so first of all y'all, I literally just finished a mango before I started recording, and that was my first time ever eating a mango. Um, I still haven't really figured out how to cut it well, but it was super good. Like that was so refreshing, and I only ate half of it because I got so full off of half of it. So I still have like a whole half left. So I'm gonna finish it. I never recorded this, but why is it so good? Okay, but that, that's that. Um, so I actually have something super exciting that me and a couple of um, other girls are working on. It's a little project. It's a, it's a secret for right now, but like I'm so excited about it. I'm so thrilled. I'm so pumped to be a part of history and just, ooh, it just feels so good, like, doing new things and putting things together and, like, using your creative talents and abilities is just so amazing, especially when you get to do it alongside another group of, I mean, just absolutely amazing, wonderful women. It just is so fulfilling and it's such such a great feeling. Other than that, y'all, not too much has been going on in my life. This I mean, the summer has officially clocked down and... I move back into college next week, so that's a little sad, um, but I'm, I'm excited to see my friends, and I'm excited to to really get into this this semester's course load, because I am taking all major classes, so this should be all stuff that I'm very, very interested in, but that's all I have for office hours. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get straight into tea time. What has been going on in pop culture this week? So I know y'all want me to talk about it, because everybody's talking about it, so I'm just going to talk about it. Which is the Alabama Montgomery vote bra. Um, as a Christian, of course, I have to put a disclaimer that I do not support violence. And I never think that's the answer. But at the same time, I'll watch that video at least 48 times. At least 48 times. Because it was absolutely hilarious. So I'm not even gonna hold y'all. <clears throat> y'all, I think it is, I think it is very sad though. As much as people think it's funny and making a meme. Like, an individual, a black male individual, was verbally and physically assaulted by a gang of white men. That was a lot of men beating on that man. Like, I, I wonder what was going through his head, like, where was his heart at, how did his spirit feel? I think that is absolutely crazy. And I think it's fair to say that those people had to have been intoxicated. Like, watching the video over and over and over again, like, they were on their boat. You already know how people are when they're on their boats. They're drinking, they're fishing, they're having a the time of their life, whatever. And I think they were probably definitely under the influence, which, of course, does not, you know, make mean that we can disregard their actions or what they chose to do. But it does give context to a situation. Um, and I think it was very, very unfortunate, you know, that that resulted in that man being physically, you know, assaulted and um, I think it's crazy the stuff that followed but that was just crazy to me and I think like it the question that bogs me is like the sense of entitlement for a worker to tell you to move your boat off a dock that you do not own so a bigger ferry can come park and it's not even like it's just going to sit there they literally had to let people off so it's like the sense of entitlement for you to feel as if you didn't have to move your boat or who are you to tell me I need to do this, is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And unfortunately, I think it's something we see often when it comes to some white individuals. There is a sense of entitlement. There is a sense of, you can't tell me what to do. And I think that's just because, I mean, I feel like our country created that narrative for them. They gave them that underlying racial sense of authority. And so... I don't want to say it's all their fault because I think time and time again, officials and other government people have allowed this narrative to kind of be built up, but I do think, I do think that the black community got their look back, so I I think this is squared away. Um, The guy that was swimming, I heard he was 16 years old. It is crazy. Like, I don't know who his parents are or who raised him, but the amount of maturity And respectability and all of that he had to have for that man, you know, to jump off of a boat to see him getting physically assaulted and know that he needed to help at 16 is crazy to me. It's crazy. Because I feel like a lot of 16-year-olds, like, it wouldn't have even crossed their mind to jump in. They're like, this is a fight of grown men. What can I do? How can I help? And for him to jump off of a boat and swim over there. And I think you have to put it into context, like, these are people that worked on the dock which means that he probably knew this man, talked to this man every day, greeted him, said his hellos, said goodbyes. Like, he probably actually had a relationship with this man and to see somebody you care about or somebody you know or somebody you love being physically assaulted by good people. Yeah, I think a lot of people were laughing, but you actually have to take the time to like sit down and think about how emotionally distressed these people probably felt at this time, especially seeing that. Um, but yeah, kudos to him, because that's just, I mean, that blew my mind because I don't even think I, I don't even think I could have, process that fast enough to think, oh, let me jump into the water and go swim over there and help. Um, next is, <laughs> I think it was a woman who put the white woman in the water. I don't know why, but that was just hilarious to me. Like I just kept rewinding that part and watching it over and over and over and over and over. That was hilarious. Okay, and then next it was, I think it was the guys. Somebody said, whenever you see black men skip into a fight, you should already know it's stops to be. <laughs> Which was funny. But yeah, they was playing no games, like they, I knew once they had their shirt off. because uh, Black men always take their shirt off when they get ready to fight. I don't know what the science behind that is. Maybe so that they can't pull there, so other people don't, I don't have a grip. I don't know what the science behind that is, but I know that it's something that they always do. They came with their shirts off, skipping over there, I already mm-hmm. knew. And he was talking to the dude, the dude had only got like two words out and he had already hit him, which is crazy. But I think they, I always try to be so careful. When I say people got what they deserve, because I feel like to be able to say that, you have to have some type of level of judgment. And I don't know what they deserve, but they got their look back. That's all, that's all I can really say. They got their look back. And then lastly, we have everybody's favorite, which is the man with the chair. He was playing no game. No games. I've seen mixed reviews. Some people said they felt like him hitting the lady on the chair was going too far. Other people said they don't think it was too far. Honestly, I don't know. Again, you have to think about it. Heat of the moment, adrenaline, it's so much stuff going on. It just reminds me of when Krishan Rock was like, I don't know who to slap right now. <laughs> I don't know who to slap right now. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of how that man was feeling at the time. And it's, I mean, you have to also put in context, they live in Montgomery, Alabama. It's probably already so many racial tensions going on that they probably had so much built up anger, aggression for every time, you know, they face the microaggression or they face, you an know, inequality, Like all of that was probably coming out. So I think we have to extend the black people a bit of grace um, in terms of when people felt like they were going too far because you just have to put it into context. That's why I said you can't really say this is what people deserve because you don't know what people have gone through in their life. You don't know what went down in black people's lives that made them react that way to seeing that man getting jumped. So I just feel like everybody needs some form of level of grace. But this is definitely a learning experience. I'm sure the white people learned. A lot. I'm sure black people learned a lot. And yeah, it was beautiful though to see a community come together to protect someone that identified with them. And yeah, that's all I have to say about that. So next, I have a whole bunch to say about this, which is the Tory Lanez sentencing. So if you don't know, Tory Lanez was sentenced to 10 years um, in prison because he violated his probation. He had an illegal firearm and because he discharged an illegal firearm. Those were his three um, charges, and he was found guilty on all those, and all those resulted in him getting 10 years, and a lot of people had a lot to say about this. Please see how, in my description of what he was charged with and why he is going to jail, Meg Thee Stallion was not mentioned once, because him shooting her has nothing to do with why he's going to jail. He's going to jail because, again, he violated his probation, he was found with an illegal firearm and he discharged in a legal file. Those are his charges. He doesn't have assault, he doesn't have battery, he doesn't have attempted murder, he doesn't have men's he doesn't have any of that. Which means that technically he's not going to jail for Meg Stallion. So everybody is so angry saying, oh, like he doesn't deserve that, this is crazy, there are people who get more. Now I'm just like, it's honestly like the audacity, the audacity for people to say this. Like somebody pulled out a gun a weapon of destruction, hello, pointed it at somebody else and fired it. It doesn't matter if it missed. It doesn't matter if it was a graze. It doesn't matter if it was in the foot. It doesn't matter if it was in the finger. You could have killed someone. You could have ended somebody's life, period, point blank, their entire life, 80 years, 90 years, 10 years is nothing to that. You could have impacted so many people with the death, like, I'm like, are people not understanding how detrimental that was to Megan? And how detrimental that could have been to people who love her, her fans? Like, I just don't understand what's going through people's mind when they're like, I mean, he didn't. How would you feel if somebody shot your mother in the foot? And they didn't get, they got one year. Like, let's be for real. It doesn't really matter. Like, but... On another note, me and my mom were talking about this, and she was like, You, one thing that the Tory Lane situation teaches all of us is about the importance of being able to control your emotions in the heat of the moment. Because one mistake, one thing you choose to do at the heat of the moment can affect your entire life. Yes, 10 years is a good grip, but Tory put himself in a situation. He chose the actions that he did, which led to him being sentenced to 10 years. That's not Megan's fault. That's not the best friend's fault. That's not the security guard's fault. That's nobody's fault but his. He couldn't control his emotions. That's why you have to be emotionally mature. That's why you're supposed to work on yourself, do shadow work. Like, a, a lot of this is his fault, and I feel like people are taking away the accountability from him by saying this isn't fair or was it that serious. It doesn't matter. He made his bed, he has to lie in it. And that's not to say that he can't be forgiven. That's not to say that there's not grace that can't be extended to him. That's not to say that he has to be hated and not loved. It's just to say that when you do something, there are um, effects. Like, there's there are effects from your actions. There are things that have to happen. Like, there there's always going to be counter effects. So this is something he has to live with, he has to deal with, and he has to understand. But a lot of people were saying that they were going to unadd Meg's music because this was crazy. But Meg actually didn't sue Tory Lanez, which I don't think a lot of people understand. This was, I think it was the County of LA's case, the prosecutor of LA's case. So they were prosecuting Tory Lanez, not Megan Stallion. So I think to be angry with her is just wrong. Plus she's going through so much healing, so much trauma, and just really trying to get back into the group of her life. She's taking a break from music and all of this because of the situation. So I feel like I'm glad that the sentence is over and that this whole thing can just be laid to rest. But I do hope that Toy takes this, you know, situ- well. I really take the hope that he takes this sentencing serious, and that this time can be used for character development, for maturing his emotions, for understanding where he went wrong. And in his closing statements, I, people rem- had remarks about them like being super, super long. But he basically said that he still loves Meg and he cares about her greatly to this day. He's she's one of the people he cares about the most and a bunch. So I think. That could have been a plea to the judge to give him less time, but I think deep, deep down somewhere, Tori does care about Megan, because I don't think you would have reacted that way if you didn't, um, but I still think this was all in bad taste. It also goes to say like what, what you can do when liquor and alcohol gets in your body, so moderation, people, definitely moderation, but that's all I have to say about Tori Lane next on the chopping block is sierra and russell they're expecting another kid which i absolutely love that for them their family is so beautiful and she did like a little video with her music playing in the background and it's like the shadow and you can see her and you can see her belly and it's just so cute and so wholesome i love russell wilson i feel like he is such a stand-up guy i feel like they're perfect for each other Honestly, I'm not even going to talk about the Lizzo thing, y'all, because that is just way too much to get into. And with the stuff she's being accused of, I don't even want to have to say. I don't even want there to be clips out there of me putting those words together. So for that matter, if you don't know what's going on in the Lizzo situation, you should definitely look it up so you can stay in tune with pop culture and what's happening with her. But I'm going to skip it. for. I think I'm going to skip it for this for this pod. The last thing I want to talk about for Tea Time, guys, is Little Tay. So, little Tay, earlier this week, was reported um, that she had passed away. Um, The details of her passing were not listed. The manner in which she died was not listed. The only, like, real, I guess, context we got was that her brother also died. But then there wasn't very much detail about when that happened, how that happened. It was just very, very, very confusing for a lot of us. So, her fans and loved ones and... You know, different people just came out, you know, with statements of support, statements of grief. Whoa, Vicky did one. I remember they used to do videos back in, like, 2018, 2019-ish. And, basically, Whoa, Vicky was saying how she was sad and how she was going to pray for the family and all of that. Now, fast forward down the week about Wednesday, Thursday, the outlets, like, the news outlets started to retract their posts. With the death of Lil Tate, they started to delete them. So every over all these platforms, all of the death posts are just being deleted, 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 deleted. And then so a lot of people are starting to say this is not making sense. Things are not adding up. And it has come out today that she's actually not dead. And she released a statement saying, I'm not dead. My brother's not dead. None of us are dead. Someone hacked my Instagram account, a third party. And they spread all these malicious lies. I think it's safe to say that social media was in a frenzy over her supposed death people were saying she was way too young it was very sad but then it came out that it wasn't true which had a lot of people just head spin and a lot of people are accusing the parents of having something to do with this like trying to get her off of social media or like change her identity they're just a bunch of different theories okay and if you don't know who little tate is she is a star a uh, social media star that got really big in earlier in the 2000s like i say, like, 17, 18, 19, around that time, and basically, she would, like, curse people out, she had, like, a whole bunch of money, and, like, designer and fashion, it was just, it was a lot, y'all, it was a lot, and basically, people were saying, like, I can't believe her parents let her act like this, blah, blah, blah. but after all the hate, people actually grew to love little Tay, and so, yeah, but then her parents removed her from social media, because they felt like it wasn't good for her, and they wanted something different for her. That's all I have for tea time, y'all. I know that's a lot. That was probably a hard pill to swallow. But if you cap up, thank you. And let's go ahead and go to the next segment. <laughs> Alright, guys, so now it's time for the last segment before we happen to this pod's topic, which is give them their flowers. And I cannot remember for the life of me if I've given this person their flowers yet, but they're gonna get them again. So Glorilla is going to be the person getting her flowers today. And I did this because she was just nominated as Best New Artist at the VNAs alongside Ice Spice, Kali, um, who else, Pink Panthers, Renee Rapp, and a few more people. Um, Glowrilla has definitely rise to the occasion, okay? Y'all gave her a plate and she ate, period. And I think there's no question about that. She did what she had to do. She's just so wholesome and so easy to love and so easy to like. She just has a good spirit and I think a lot of people have attached onto that. I still remember, like, my favorite song from Glorilla is Tomorrow 2. I don't care what nobody say, but it's my favorite, favorite song because I can go word for word, bar for bar. I love Glorilla. She just has this level of authenticity to her, and I think that's what her fans and supporters really grasp to. A lot of people in the rap industry especially are accused of having grown up in the suburbs or privileged lifestyles, and then they pretend as if they came you know from impoverished areas or what a lot of people like to say got it out the mud um, and they didn't but gorilla is somebody who people are very sure did grow up in this way and is representing it in a more realistic fashion and so because of that she has had a lot of support a lot of fans and she has just really rose into the occasion these last couple of years and so for that she deserves her Alright guys, so let's go ahead and get into the topic of this video, which is what about your friends? So let's talk about friendships. I think this is a very important topic, especially with us about to go back to school and be back in the environment of a lot of different girls and boys and people and personalities and emotions. So let's talk about friendships. So the first thing that I want to discuss is the dynamic of friendships, which is normally always groups like duos, trios, fours, five, six, seven, eights. I feel like the biggest group you can have at school is eight because freshman year our dorms supported um, eight people, and so I feel like that is like the most like amount of connections you could have had at once. But of course, over the years those friend groups have dwindled down because I think it's just unsustainable to keep a very close and connection with eight different girls. So most of those friend groups have kind of you know subtracted in size, and so I feel like most commonly you see groups of twos, threes, and fours. But I do want to talk about something that is low-key a secret in girl friendships. But I think it's probably the same in boy friendships now that I think about it. Which is the secret hierarchy. So if you don't know what the secret hierarchy is, in friend groups, there's like this built-in unspoken hierarchy. Where there's like the most popular girl, the most popular guy, the most liked. the And then there's like the ones who aren't. Now, again, I don't support this hierarchy. I don't believe that this is something that I have in my friend group, but I think this is unspoken in a lot of people's friend groups. And ultimately, what ended up happening is the lowest person always chases the higher ups for approval and validation. And you see it in so many different people. I know I do all the time. Like, it's almost as if they feel like since this person is popular or well known, that they're more worthwhile, more in value than them. And so they support everything these friends do. They're always there at this friend's beck and call. They're just constantly searching for validation. Because they're like, if this person cares for me and loves me and all that, then I know I'm worthwhile to everybody else. And it kind of gives Mean Girl vibes. So if you have ever seen Mean Girls, it's like a group of three. It's Regina, George, Gretchen, and then another girl. But specifically, I'm thinking about Gretchen and Regina George's relationship. Because Regina George was the higher up. She was the most popular most like she had the best body, all the guys wanted to be with her, and then Gretchen was like, her psychic, and so Gretchen would constantly do things for Regina's approval, and then as the movie goes on, and Katie like, ends up breaking up their friend group, Gretchen's like, honestly, I don't know why I like Regina this much, anyway, like, she doesn't treat me well, she doesn't do all of these things, she doesn't da da da, I don't even know why I've been following her, and like, looking for validation from her, and that's basically what I'm trying to say, is like this unspoken hierarchy. And I think it's it's important to say that someone who doesn't respect you never will view you as an equal, like, no matter what you do. Like, if they don't respect you and love you, they're never going to see you as as equal to them. And I think it's better to kick it solo than be surrounded by people who don't treat you, you know, the way you deserve to be treated. Um, but that is something I wanted to talk about that, and in relation to that, I really hate to say this, but it's the truth, there are people you're going to meet, friends you have, that Main character energy, main character personality. I know y'all know when I was like super popular on TikTok, everybody was saying how they were the main character in their friend group. And, you know, that leaves other people to be either sidekicks or supporting characters. What does that look like? Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana and Miley Cyrus and Lily. Hannah Montana was the main character. Lily was the supporting character. It means that the main character has a plot. They always have something going on, events, different things. And then the supporting characters, like, always pushed to the side. She's always tagging along to the main character's events or doing what the main character does, but she doesn't have a plot of her own. And so I think it's important to really look at all your friendships and say, are we all main characters? Or am I the main character and they're a supporting character? Or am I a supporting character to this main character? And some people are going to say, like, oh, like, there aren't friendships where everyone's just the main character. It's just not real, like, But I'm going to push back on that because if you have watched the hit sitcom Girlfriends, then you will know that it is very possible for every single girl to be the main character because in that show, every single girl in the friend group group is the main character. Excuse me, y'all. So there's Maya. There's Joan. There's Tony. Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting one. There's Maya... Joan, Tony, y'all, what is the freeze, Lynn, is <laughs> Lynn, and Lynn, so if you guys have never watched Girlfriends, I highly recommend it, so, Tracy Ellis Ross plays Joan, and Joan's character is like, she's like super obsessed with getting married, and wants to fall in love, and all this stuff, she's super successful, She's a black attorney. She's just giving it to the girls, okay? But Joan is very problematic, and nobody in <laughs> nobody in your friendships don't want to be Joan because she always gets them into something. Lynn is, like, free-spirited. She goes back to school a lot to get her education. She, a lot of her, she always has to move in with one of them because she doesn't like roots. So when I say she's free-spirited, she likes to move around. She doesn't really like to be tied to things. Um, and then there's Maya. She's married, and she has a child. She is a little more professional, a little more chill and laid back. And then there's Miss Tony Child. Um, and she's like the very high class, bougie friend. She's just that girl, okay? And basically the whole sitcom is just following their story as friends. Their ups, their downs, their past, their uglies, how men affect their relationship. But each and every one of them is a main character. Each and every one of them has a vivid and complex plot of their own. None of them is like the sidekick to another or following the others around, but they're all collectively a group of girls who are contributing to each other. They're giving stuff to each other and they're gaining things for each other. They might be giving resources and they're gaining back love or encouragement. It's like a friendship that's mutually beneficial for everyone, okay? And that is what your goal should be. Now, was their friendship perfect? No, of course. There were ups and downs. There were times where people felt like other people were being disrespectful or not being good friends, and they always talked about it and communicated through it and got through it, and that's what really matters. And so I think you need to ask yourself, outside of your friend group, what is your plot? How are you contributing to the friends? You know, what? who are you without your friends? And then who are you with your friends? And what does that say about you and your friends? Um, I think that's a really big thing. I have a friend group of four, um, <laughs> and I personally think all of us have a girlfriend, like, we embody one of the girlfriends, and I don't want it to be, but I know for certain all my friends will say that I'm Tony Childs. But y'all, <laughs> I promise I'm not me like Tony Childs. But maybe the bougie does hit a little bit different for me. Okay, maybe that part is spot on. But other than that, I know they would say I'm Tony Childs, but it's okay. But I do have a friend group before, and um, it's kind of hard to keep up with everyone's life because our lives are so complex and different of their own. But I definitely would say I am not a supporting character. I have my own plot. I have my own life going on. I have my own things going on. And I try to bring my friends in on that when I can. Sometimes I leave them out. Sometimes I update them later in my life. It just depends. But as of right now, I do feel like I'm a main character of my life. And that's how it should be. You never want somebody else to be the main character of your life. Love my friends. Care about them. And I care about everything that they have going on. And I'll be there to be supportive when I need to. So next I want to talk about... Um, Best friends, because there's a distinctive line. Now, the older I get, the less, the less like, what's the word I'm looking for, y'all? The less attractive having best friends come to me, because I feel like, what is really the difference between a best friend and a friend? I feel like all of my friends are really, really good, but if I had to categorize best friends, I would say I have two best friends. My best friends are a girl. I have two two girl best friends named Najee and Kayla. And then I have two boy best friends. Um, and I'm not going to say their names because y'all need to know. But, <laughs> but Najee and Kayla are definitely my thick and thin girls. Like when I tell y'all like my best friends. Okay, maybe this is what cuts best friends away from other people. My, both of my best friends were by my side the entire time I was going through the worst and darkest point in my life I have ever faced thus far and there is nothing no amount of love no amount of support I could ever do to repay them for what they did for me it kind of makes me emotional just talking about it but I remember being so sad so low in spirits, and I didn't tell anybody I just sat in my room and my best friend Kayla like she all she just knew she just knew I never had to say anything people are always like this communicate with your friends but sometimes you reach a point where you're so low you're so down that communication is something you can't do you can't do it physically emotionally you can't and she was there for me like she would just come in my room sit in there with me and watch tv and i would just be like in my mind i'll be going crazy but just to know that there was somebody there somebody who cared somebody who loved me enough to just be there was just oh my god y'all i just it was amazing she's i i cannot thank her enough i I could probably search the entire world looking for the words, the right words to thank her, but I I would just never find them. It's not possible. And along with that is Najae because she was also there with me. This girl called me every single day and sat on the phone with me for two, three, four hours throughout my day at school on the phone with me, y'all, at work, being there for me every single day for at least two to three months, which is absolutely crazy to me She let me talk about all my problems as long as I wanted to. She let me cry. We, we cried together. We were angry together. We laughed. Sometimes we laughed until we cried. Like, that is my girl. And we've had a lot of crying phone calls, her calling me and me calling her. And we're just always there for each other to pick each other up, to love each other, to encourage one each, each other, to tell each other how much we're worth when we forget. I think that's one of the best things that my friends have ever done to me is be able to tell me my value when I can't see it. Because sometimes you won't be able to see how much you're worth. And it's nice to have people in your life that will be able to see that value and to give that to you. And that's why I said these two girls, like, I can, I literally cannot thank them enough. They have been there for me through God knows, like, Kayla has done some really crazy stuff for me, y'all. Like, y'all know when you're younger and your parents are like, um, would you, if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? If I jumped off of a bridge and vice versa, if Kayla jumped off a of, bridge, we would definitely be jumping. We would definitely be jumping. And we joke about that all the time, but it's very true. Like, that's my ride or die. Like, to this day, I do not understand, really understand what that means. But when I think about Kayla and I think about Najee, I think about riding or dying. Either we ride together or we die together. It's, it's, it's either that, this or that. Sorry, guys, I had to go on a little rant, but those are, my, those are my babes. Those are my best friends. And the only thing that separates my, I guess, my other friends from them is the level of connection like there's a higher level of connection especially emotionally emotionally there's a higher level of connection and that's not to say that I couldn't get to that level with my other friends but right now that's just what set them apart now my other friends are great they are wonderful they encourage me they show up for me they do a lot of things for me I remember my first year in college I joined Phi Alpha Data which is like a free law um, fraternity for law students and, I mean, I'm not in middle school anymore. I'm not in high school. So, my, of course, my parents aren't going to come to my ceremonies and my induct, um, like induction ceremonies and stuff. But my friends were like, all right, so what time's the ceremony? And I was thinking, huh? And they were like, yeah, girl, we going. <laughs> they were like, we going. My job, I've only known them for like maybe two or three months. Like, not that long. And they're like, they're getting dressed. Like, they're putting on their little fancy clothes. And they're like, yeah, we're going to support you. Why my friend Kelsey is literally holding her phone up like somebody's mom (laughs) when I walk up to the podium to get like inducted and get like my certificate and stuff. And she's like, you want me to send this to you? I'm literally about to cry just thinking about this. But friends are so important, y'all. Like they really bring so much joy, so much love and so much light to your life. And I do want to say that it's not going to be perfect. Okay. Me and my friend group we definitely get into arguments like there have been times where it'll be like mute like there will be an argument in the group chat and then they will be mute for a little bit (laughs) and then naturally everybody will just start talking again or sometimes like two of us will be at it and then it'll be a little awkward but then the rest of us will kind of force everybody to be back together and i think what makes friendship so good is the fact that you can just get back at it like the fact that you can go through something go through up and down and come back together without having to fall off or fall out. I think that's the beauty of a friendship. It kind of reminds you of family. It's like when you get mad at your family, but you know deep down like in your conscience that you can't stay mad at them because you love them too much. And I think that's what friendships should be like as well. But I think there's another side of friendships away from my friendships, which are like the bad, the dark, and the ugly. And I have had a few experiences and friendships like that. So let's move on and talk about So, there's a a couple people who have friends like this, I would say, and that's the friend that you always feel like you're at secret competition with. Like, no matter what you do, even when they clap for you, or they're there for you, it just feels like y'all are competing. And sometimes, like, the signs of this can be like, you post a picture on Instagram, and they won't like it, or they won't comment on it, or repost it, or anything. Like, they'll just scroll past it but they're supposed to be your friend or like you have an accomplishment or you're telling people what your summer plans are and they're like oh you're going there well my summer plans are here and And they just completely change the conversation to them like I guess this is kind of like the mean girl in your friendships or the mean girl in your friend group or you say something that you want to do that you're looking forward to and they kind of like demean it in a way or like bring it down or just 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 mean girls y'all y'all know like yucky yucky girls or for example the the girls like when you're around guys like completely change their personality and they just do everything they can to embarrass you or it's just so many different things that go into having yucky yucky friends mean friends friends that just aren't really for you that are opportunists that are only there when things are going good for you But the moment you need to be uplifted Or you fall into depression, like they're nowhere to be found, like they're at parties, stuff like that. Or people that don't let you change. That's another thing that like bad friends can kind of hold you back from doing. If you decide that you want to make a big change in your life, whether it be to stop drinking or smoking or partying or focus on your studies or do whatever. And this person is just constantly inviting you to parties, constantly putting you in places or environments where you would have to continue to live that lifestyle that person probably isn't a friend because they don't care about you they don't care about your values they don't care about your true mission here and I think that is a sign like a telltale sign, that you need to cut them off you guys should definitely refer back to my episode where I talked about green flag people because all of those things are things your friends should have you know empathy self-awareness all of those things are signs of you know good friends and on a touchier note, I want to talk about the biggest things that friends fall out over. Now, I do need to go ahead and talk about the distinction between falling off versus falling out. Falling out with somebody means there is some type of issue, problem that happened that was not solved and that did not have a resolution. That's what falling out means. You guys are... No longer, friends, because you are at odds. There is something that happened that broke you guys away. There was a problem, and it never got fixed. It never got resolved, so there is still tension in between these two people, so you fell out. Falling off is completely different. Falling off with a friend means that you two were very close at one point, together, did a lot of things together, and as time and distance grew, you separated. was no problem there's nothing that needs to be resolved there's no resolution you guys separated you went your own ways you guys are doing completely different things this happened to me with my best friend in high school we fell off we did not fell out we fell off so we were close friends we loved each other when we were younger we were with each other all the time with each other all the time y'all like inseparable But, time went on. We grew up, we went to different colleges, and the gap just divided, and it it went off, but I still love her to this day. I love her, and I wish, and I pray nothing but the best. I hope she gets everything she wants in life. I hope she accomplishes her dreams and her goals, and I hope that she's happy. And I think that's the level of falling off that you want to have with your friends. Whenever there's resentment or secret animosity, then you probably fell out and not fell off, but... Now that I've kind of gave you guys the distinction to that, let's talk about things that people fall out over. So I think that there are three things I would say for our age that will make friends fall out. And that is birthdays, trips, and boys. I hate to say it, but and boys. Boys is probably the number one. But let's go ahead and start with birthdays. So girls take birthdays extremely serious, which is fair. Um... And when someone shows up for your birthday, when someone tells you happy birthday, when somebody gets you a gift for your birthday, a lot of girls expect that back. And personally, I don't think that's right. I think if you do something for your friend, it needs to be out of the kindness of your heart and not because you're expecting that back. But with that being said, I think a friend will show up for you and your birthday regardless. So I can see how they both go into each other. They coincide each other. Um, A lot of girls fall off over birthdays. So, for example, let's say Susan has a birthday dinner, and Katie goes to Susan's birthday dinner, and then Katie's birthday comes, and she has a birthday dinner, and Susan's like, yeah, I'm not coming. Then that creates an argument, and they fall out. Or let's say that Katie has a birthday party, and on Susan's birthday, she bought Susan a Louis Vuitton bag. And um, let's say Susan comes to Katie's party and brings a $30 Target gift card. Then they fall out over that. It's like small things. But birthday, for some reason, for girls especially, has been very detrimental to a lot of friendships. And personally, I feel like it's up to you to show your friends on their birthday the amount of love you want to show them. And then it's up to them to do that back. But I feel like if you do something for them, you should not be expecting the equivalent or the exact saying back, you need to be doing that as the kindness of your heart because that's how much you value your friend and that's what you want to do with them now if they continually do this to you and you feel like they don't value you as a friend or there are other things that have you know matched with this to make you feel like they're not being a good friend then maybe that's a different conversation for a different day but as far as birthdays go I think you should pour into your friends as much as you want to and for me I'm going to take a little bit of accountability because I definitely do show up for my friends, you know, if they have events and stuff. But one thing I want to get better at is showing up for my friends when they don't have anything. Because I think that speaks volumes. It's one thing to go to your friend's event on their birthday or bring them something, bring them a gift or something when they're having a party. But I think it takes a whole nother level of care, love, and kindness to go out of your way to do something for your friend if they are not having anything. And that's something that I've realized in recent years. There's one of my friends, she knows who she is, who never has anything for her birthday. She always asks us what we're doing, and then we say, and she's like, yeah, I'm not going to have anything because nobody goes. And every year, I think, I'm going to do something for her birthday, because like, she deserves it. She never has anything. It's not fair. She never gets to have like a party or dinner or get gifts. And every single year, y'all, I forget. But this year, but this year, I'm on it like white rice. <laughs> she may not know it. She's gonna get something very special for me. Like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care because she never does anything. And I feel like she's always there for my birthday. She's been to every single one of my birthdays since we've been in college, and she's got me something every single year. So, there's no reason why she shouldn't be celebrated just as much. And so, for that very reason, she's got something coming, she's got something coming for her. Okay. Um, and then the next thing that people fall out over in terms of friends is trips. Now, I don't know what the science behind this is, but they say if you go on a group trip to Miami with your friends y'all are not coming back friends and I don't know what the science behind that is because me and my friends have yet to go on a trip which this is definitely shade to them we have yet to go on a trip um but I don't think we would fall out (laughs) I don't think we'd fall out of our trip I think maybe that's for friends who have never lived together but I feel like if you've lived with your friends which I have then you should definitely know what the argument is going to be about you should definitely know how to combat that and you should definitely know how to fix those problems when they arise And so I feel like um, it has to come from a lack of communication, financials, because those are things that people are serious about. Communication, respect, financials. And I feel like those are all things that are tested during some type of outing or trip. So I feel like as long as you plan and your friends are good friends and you guys have all agreed on everything, I don't see why a trip will cause you guys to fall off. And then the last thing is boys, 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 boys. Men, men, men. Them, they just ruin everything. They ruin everything everything good, everything that good they touch does, but, (laughs) um, so, boys can ruin friendships in a multitude of ways, like, a multitude of ways, I know, like, one of the biggest ones is, like, when your friends get a boyfriend, and they, like, like, leave you, a lot of friends, so, like, once their friends are in relationships, they neglect their friendships, they don't go out with you as much, they don't talk to you as much, they're not there for you emotionally, like, supportive as much as they used to be, and I think those are things that girls kind of get jealous about, but nobody's going to, like, they're jealous of your boyfriend or they feel some type of way you know about you spending time with your boyfriend because they're gonna want that but I think if you do have a best friend and you go from spending every single day with her every moment all the time on FaceTime to doing all that with your boyfriend and like completely ignoring your friend I do think that will cause ripples in a relationship and I think that is kind of a little bit selfish of the friend who got a significant other I'm not gonna lie so my sophomore year was like my first time having a relationship. And I would make my best friend tag along. <laughs> my boyfriend would take me and my best friend out. Uh, it was so cute. One time he opened her. I don't have a boyfriend now, y'all. This is past tense. I just want to about that. He would like open her door up too when we went out and stuff. And I'm like, period, girl. If you don't treat you like this, leave him. But yeah, we used to all do stuff together. Whenever we went to parties, we would go together. Like I was not leaving my best friend out. And another thing is. Like, I didn't want to leave my best friend at the dorm alone a lot just because our dorm was so creepy and scary. And so, like, if I ever, like, spent the night at my boyfriend's house, I would be right back at the dorm the next day because I did not want my best friend to spend the day alone, especially if it was a Saturday because I don't play that. Love her lots. lot. Love Kayla's death. She loves me too. So, yeah. But, yeah, that's one way that boys can kind of yeah, put a ripple in your relationship. Another thing is, like, what I was saying previously is, like, a lot of girls change their demeanor. Because a lot of girls look for validation from boys, and if one of your friends is getting that, and you're not getting that, it does cause a little bit of strife. I will never forget, I was in elementary school, my best friend told me that she did not want to be best friends with me anymore because I always got all the boys, and I always got to choose the boys. Mind y'all, we were in elementary school, this is like when you had a new boyfriend every week, and so I'm like, girl, I know you're not being for real. <laughs> and I remember to this day, I'm like, I know you're not being for real. And she's like, yeah, like, I just don't think we should be friends anymore because you get all the boys. Looking back on it, it's absolutely hilarious because we were, like, six, maybe seven. <laughs> um, but that can, that can spawn in real time, like, now when we're, like, 20, 21, 22, 23, whatever. Like, if somebody's always going out with a friend and every time you guys go to the bar, you're getting a lot of gratification and validation from boys, if your friend's not, like, secure I think that can definitely cause strife in your relationship and it does seem like what does she have that I don't and I think it relates back to what I was saying about there being this unspoken hierarchy in friend groups and like that lower person always is going to try to chase their approval and validation at the higher ups but I think if you see that happening as a good friend I think you can step in like I think you can tell your friend secure your friend be there for her emotionally you're beautiful you're worthwhile you're this you're that like you have to lift, uplift your friends, especially if you feel like, you know, a lot of people haven't been doing that when you guys go out or a lot of people haven't been paying her attention. Like, And if you see that that's something that's bothering your friend or she communicates that with you, I think that's an easy fix, an easy, easy, easy fix. Um, lastly, I'm just going to talk about a couple generic things in relation to friendships. And that one thing I wanted to talk about are the people that you meet and you feel like you just know them forever. So my dad had this theory that... <laughs> Like this is just a crazy theory, y'all. Like this is not real. It's just a theory. He was saying like, what if like we actually were reincarnated? And they say like there are soulmates, but he was like, well, really we have to keep redoing life over and over again. And he was like, soulmates are just people you meet in a bunch of different lifetimes. And so when you guys meet, it feels like you've known them forever because you guys spirits have known each other forever. So it's like, of course you guys are like already best friends and feel like you have known each other forever because you have. And honestly, when he said that, that absolutely blew my mind. I was like what if that was true? Like, I know it's not because I don't believe in reincarnation, but I'm saying, what if that was true? But I know that for a fact you meet so many different people and it feels like you've known them forever. And that's how it feels with a lot of my friends, especially my closest friends. Like, sometimes I think, how did I ever survive in life before you? Like, I don't, like now when I think about it, when I look back at life, I just like, I can't even really remember life without you. I don't, I can't imagine what it would be like to have a life where you weren't in it. Like, I couldn't, Imagine walking around on the earth being under the same sun and moon if you're not under it too, like that's the kind of vibe it gives, and that's how I feel about a lot of my friends now, especially my friends in college when people said that you would make your lifelong friends in college. I was a little iffy about that, but definitely true definitely that de- definitely true um and then there's another question that I wanted to talk about is is there a such thing as too having too many friends? Yes and no, I think yes because. Realistically, to have a friend, you guys actually need to have a deep one-on-one personal connection. And I feel like the sustainability of having a deep one-on-one connection with 30 people is unrealistic. Like, just unrealistic. You can know them, you guys can be associates, you can be classmates, but to be actual friends, I think, is a very, you know, descriptive term, honestly. And I feel like friends are thrown around too loosely. Just like when people say, I know you, but what they really mean is I know of you and not actually you. I think that kind of coincides with when people say, like, you're my friend. Are they your friend or are they your acquaintance? You know, I think and I think you can't have too many friends. Because um, you want your connections to be real. You want them to be deep and you want them to be personal. And I think having too many can make that unsustainable. And lastly, I wanted to talk about... Friends that walk away slash friendship breakups. It is okay for you to stop being friends with somebody. It doesn't have to be, and that's not to say they won't hurt. Friendship breakups hurt. Low-key they hurt more than boy breakups, like relationship, romantic breakups. It hurts to lose a friend. Because these are people that you put a lot of time and effort into, that know a lot about you, that have been there for you emotionally, spiritually, like everything. And so it hurts to lose friends. But... You guys, like everything in life, comes through energy and you get it and you contract it. Like, there are things that are going to come to you and there are things that are going to go away. And friendships are definitely one of those things. So, I would say if you lose friends, don't, you know, let it harden your heart. Don't let it make you less likely to open up to new people and meeting new people. People are the best thing that have ever happened to us in this world. All of your friends, all of the people you know, they're what make your life. They're what make... It worth living a lot of time. That's where a lot of love, gentleness, kindness, compassionance comes from. And that's what you want in your life. So make sure your friends are good friends. Make sure they're loving. Make sure they're there to uplift you when you're down. Make sure they're there to pick you up. You know, make sure they're there for your accomplishments. Make sure that you're clapping for them. Make sure that you're lifting them up. Make sure that you're loving them. And, um, yeah. So that's all I really have this episode for you guys on friendships. I will see you guys next week. And next week, I'll have a little announcement for you guys. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys have good weeks. Go out, be good, be kind, and love. Well, that's the wrap for this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Join me again next Friday so we can read the room again, sis. Be blessed, loveys. Have a good week.